WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. Governor Gretchen Whitmer remotely joined President Joe Biden today to celebrate the signing of the CHIPS Act, a bill that allocates $52 billion for the development and manufacture of semiconductor chips in the U.S. Whitmer was at Hemlock Semiconductor for the event. She said there's been a chip shortage in the U.S. that's held back manufacturers. When we hear chips, we tend to think about cars. And while the benefit to the mighty auto industry is clear, chips have a widespread impact. They're the beating heart of countless devices and machines that we use every single day. This bill will mean humming factories and lower costs on electronics. Whitmer signed an executive directive today to prepare the state to produce more chips. Supporters of the CHIPS Act say it was needed because other countries subsidized their semiconductor industries. President Biden was originally scheduled to be in Michigan today, but had to stay in Washington due to COVID. Ben Harbor City Commissioners have approved the purchase of 31 properties in the community from Berrien County. At a meeting last night, Community and Economic Development Director Alex Little said the city has a chance to buy foreclosed properties each year before the county sells them. The parcels being purchased are throughout the city. Some of these properties are right next to properties the city already owns. Some of them are right in between properties that the city owns. One of them is a big piece of property that makes up part of the yard of the armory. Commissioner Mary Alice Adams questioned the process behind selecting the parcels. Mayor Pro Tem Dwayne Seats had a committee thoroughly reviewed that. If we can get them back on the tax roll somehow, some way, but that was fully vetted at the meeting. The goal is to have housing built on the foreclosed parcels to increase the available housing and grow the tax base. The purchase will cost the city about $45,000. Meanwhile, Benton Arbor City Commissioners have approved the purchase of a video surveillance system to help prevent crime and catch illegal dumpers. At a meeting last night, Mayor Marcus Muhammad said the contract with Videotech Corporation will enable the city to protect assets like the Armory, 200 Pawpaw Avenue, and City Parks while catching those who come to town to dump trash. Commissioner Mary Alice Adams expressed reservations about a system that could lead to fines for residents, but Commissioner Ron Singleton said residents want something done about the trash dumping. The residents come up and say about the trash and the garbage in the street, the things going on, and they want us to do something about it. How are we going to do something about it if we don't take the steps and put some things in place to get it done? The cost for the equipment is $354,000, which will be shared between Whirlpool and the city. The city will use 177,000 federal ARPA funds for the its half of the purchase, and then another 103,000 of ARPA funds for installation. Mayor Mohammed noted the cameras will not be used for traffic enforcement. The city of South Haven is closer to approving a new ordinance to outlaw discrimination in housing, public accommodation, and employment for sexual orientation and gender identity. City Attorney Nick Curcio has said before a city council meeting last night. Ahead of the vote, a ruling from the Michigan Supreme Court last week might make it seem the ordinance is not needed, but it tracks with state law. State law is now substantially broader today than it was even last week um, when we put this ordinance together. That does render this ordinance, frankly, a little bit duplicative of state law. Um, with at least with respect to sexual orientation, possibly with respect to gender identity as well, if the court extends that precedent in a future case, which is, is fairly likely given the reasoning of the decision. 
Councilmember Joe Reeser said, a support of the ordinance shows a lot about the community and puts out a welcome mat to the nation. Councilmember Wendy Anucky asked what the OutCenter's opinion is on the ordinance and was told they're supportive. The ordinance will be back on the agenda for a final vote August 15th. St. Joseph Township officials have decided to play ball, approving a special use permit for the St. Joseph Youth Sports Foundation to build a $5 million outdoor youth sports complex on Monday night. The complex will be at the corner of Maiden Lane and Hollywood Road. The nonprofit foundation, headed by resident and parent Nicole Schmidt, is proposing the complex feature football fields, baseball fields, softball fields, a playground, a splash pad, batting cages, and more. Schmidt said she's been working on the project for about a year as her children come of age for organized sports. The project still has a long way to go, though, as the foundation still needs to secure about $4 million in funding, and many details have to be ironed out. Township manager Denise Cook advised that the next step will be to develop and approve a site plan for the complex. After today's primaries, we'll have a better idea of who will represent Southwest Michigan in the U.S. House. Congressman Fred Upton's 6th District was broken up in redistricting, and he tells us Berrien County will be split in two. Well, it'll be the first time that we haven't had a congressman from Berrien County in a lot of decades. Of course, uh, before me was Dave Stockman, and even Mark Sheldander uh, was moving here, who the guy that I beat. It's, it's been a long time. Upton says that Berrien County's representatives in the U.S. House will likely be Bill Heisinger for the northern part and Tim Wahlberg for the southern part, assuming they win their primaries and then the November election. Is Upton disappointed not to run again? Well, it's the first Tuesday in a lot of years that I haven't been out on the street corner waving at cars and urging people to go to the polls. But we're content. The district's changed. We made our decision back in April, so I'm still pretty engaged. Upton says he'll stay in St. Joe after retirement from Congress and remain engaged in the community. He notes that Michigan will now have less value in the Electoral College, dropping from 16 electoral votes to 15. A ribbon-cutting for the new Bridge Academy of Southwest Michigan will be held this month. Conexus says the event on August 19th will include tours of the new space, information about the Bridge Academy, and refreshments. Michigan Works, a subsidiary of uh, Conexus Group, partners with the Bridge Academy of Southwest Michigan to make it possible. The academy is designed for students seeking a flexible approach to education connected to career preparation and job readiness. It's located inside of the Michigan Works Barry and Cass Van Buren office in Benton Harbor. It's authorized by Central Michigan University's Charter Center for Schools. The ribbon cutting to celebrate the Bridge Academy's official opening will be August 19th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with tours to follow. And with primary elections going on today, if you still haven't made up your mind about the candidates, there is some help online. Paula Bowman is the co-president of the League of Women Voters of Michigan, which has been putting out election guides for more than a century. You know, women got the vote 102 years ago, and suddenly you had this huge 50% of the population that had never voted before. So the League of Women Voters started out by realizing that they had an obligation to educate this huge percentage of the population that had never voted before. Candidates are asked to answer questions to give their opinions on issues. Bowman reminds voters you can only vote in one party or the other, not both, and your be- or your ballot will be void. You can check out the voter guides at vote411.org. The polls close tonight at 8. We'll have the results when they're available. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg
WSJM News now continues. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi landed in Singapore today to kick off her ongoing Asian tour. While Pelosi confirmed visits to four countries during her trip, the rumors of a potential stop in Taiwan continued to grow. She landed in Taiwan today, speaking at Monday's White House press briefing. White House spokesperson John Kirby said lawmakers consistently make stops on the island, including earlier this year, and the Speaker's visit should be viewed no differently than the previous trips. White House spokesman John Kirby said Monday that if House Speaker Nancy Pelosi travels to Taiwan, it would not change the status quo between the U.S. and China. If she goes. It's not without precedent. It's not new. It doesn't change anything. Kirby accused China of escalating tensions. We expect to see Beijing continue to use inflammatory rhetoric and disinformation in the coming days. The United States, by contrast, will act with transparency. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Pelosi is the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan for about 25 years. She arrived aboard a U.S. Air Force passenger jet and was greeted on the tarmac at Taipei's International Airport by Taiwan's foreign minister and other Taiwanese and American officials. She posed for photos before her motorcade whispered unseen parking garage of her hotel. Her visit has ratcheted up tension between the United States and China. For the first time since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the Justice Department is sued to protect reproductive care. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. The Justice Department is trying to invalidate a new Idaho law because Attorney General Merrick Garland said it makes it a crime for doctors to perform abortions, even in circumstances when federal law requires it. Idaho's law would make it a criminal offense for doctors to provide the emergency medical treatment that federal law requires. That includes abortion when women are suffering medical emergencies in hospitals that receive Medicare funds. Since the Supreme Court's Dobbs ruling, Garland vowed to use every tool to make sure women get the emergency treatment to which they're entitled. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Russia's Supreme Court has declared Ukraine's Azov Regiment a terrorist organization. That designation could lead to terror charges against some of the captured fighters who made their last stand inside of Mariupol's shattered steel plant. Russian forces and their allies are holding an estimated 1,000 Azov fighters prisoner, many since their surrender in mid-May. The Azov regiment dismissed the high court ruling, accusing Russia of, quote, looking for new excuses and explanations for its war crimes. The nation's most populated county is now joining other areas to declare monkeypox a public health emergency. More from ABC's Alex Stone in Los Angeles. L.A. County now has hundreds of monkeypox cases and as a result is the latest to declare an emergency after New York City and San Francisco did it. The emergency declared by the County Board of Supervisors here, the chair saying it allows the county to cut through red tape and dedicate resources to battling monkeypox in both the San Francisco Bay Area and here in L.A. people have been lining up waiting for the vaccine. Alex Stone, ABC News in L.A. County. The Russian trial of WNBA star Brittany Griner could be wrapping up. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Brittany Griner in court again in Moscow, standing in a prisoner cage and holding up pictures of her family. No new testimony from her, but physical evidence was shown in court, including the vape cartridges Griner was caught with containing cannabis oil as she tried to pass through airport security back in February. Griner's lawyers also called to the stand a technician from the lab where Griner's cannabis oil was tested, hoping to challenge the testing method. As for when the trial might wrap up, Sources say the judge could make her decision Friday, with Griner facing up to 10 years in a Russian prison if convicted. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The father of a six-year-old killed by this in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting has testified. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones made his life a living hell by pushing claims the murders were a hoax. Neil Heslin testified today he fears for his life because of Jones's claims. 
Heslin and Scarlett Lewis are the parents of six-year-old Jesse Lewis. They're seeking at least $150 million in the case against Jones. The conspiracy theorist was not in court when Heslin began testifying, but is expected to testify later in the day. The 2012 attack killed 20 first graders and six staffers at the Connecticut school. And for plenty of Americans, the great resignation has been just that, great. ABC's Jim Ryan says more than half of those who jump ship have no regrets. Using data from the Census Bureau, the Labor Department, and a survey of 6,000 adults, the Pew Research Center has found that 60% of Americans who quit their jobs between April 2021 and March of this year are now earning more. Fewer than half of workers who kept their old positions can say the same thing. And the great resignation appears far from over. The Pew Research finds that one in five of us is considering changing jobs in the next six months. Jim Ryan, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast report.